This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog. <gasps> that was all in one breath. <laughs> With me today are two special guests. Who are they? Who are I'm they? going first today. I'm going first. It's me, Ted Loring, Wild Man Ted, and also my other super friend, M. Joshua Caller. Yay. Good morning, everybody. My Yay. super friends Yay. in the Hall of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get, yes. the, I get the axe. The axe? What's the axe? I need an axe. Oh, oh, yes, Pick yes. your weapon of choice. Oh, good, good, good. I am going to have a compound bow. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that is, like, oddly specific. Uh, I was expecting, like, Miholnir or something. I'm going to go with the battle axe. Battle axe for me. Wait, axe, battle axe? What, yeah. what am I, hand yeah. axe? This, this. Yeah, yours is all right, like all right, for right. You know what? Mine's for killing. Fine, forget the compound bow. I'm going to get a shovel. I am. <laughs> oh wait! You, you, shovel night. You gave yes. up the, the compound bow. I'm taking it with explosive arrows. Yes. How about an All axe right. with an explosive handle? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like another valid option. We could be the uh, the four horsemen of the uh, axe apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Moving to our subject today, we're talking about eschatology in eschatology the video or axatology. Yeah, axatology, or another word for it is the end of things, or mm. eschaton. Eschaton is short for the end, or well, not short for it's long Greek for the end. Yeah, the the literal meaning of of eschas, eschatos is last. So eschatology is the study of the last things. I am the last. <laughs> I'm the last of my kind. Oh my goodness! Oh, too many. Dragon heart about eschatology because I would talk about that all. Oh uh, yes. So yeah. the very first thing you start thinking of uh, the last of things that that which would be the last of us, um, and that's the very first. <laughs> that's the very the very first game that would probably come to mind when you think of like uh, the end of the world. And I, I remember one of my fer- uh, first interview person to person interview questions with a real. Real industry person was uh, one of the guys from Naughty Dog when I asked him if uh, where The Last of Us plays into the book of Revelation. And <laughs> to which he said, he just laughed at me and was like, that's an awkward question with his, with his eyes. And <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Help me. No, 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 no. It was actually, it was actually really, really good. He, he just laughed and was like, oh, well, I haven't, I haven't read my Bible in a long time. But uh, yeah, this uh, doesn't necessarily fit into that at all. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Next question. Okay, so what do we mean when we say eschatology, end times? I mean, Christianity in general, because eschatology could apply to a lot of religions, as far as I know. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. Um, and when, when, especially considering, uh, I know for me growing up, my perception was that uh, the the you talk about eschatology, and you start talking about the the Left Behind series, and that's mm. when the Bible, the only point in the Bible where the Bible was interesting. Uh, <laughs> because it starts talking about dragons. <laughs> or in Left Behind, the book series are actual dragons. Are there really? I don't know, maybe. Oh, uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I, see, the thing is, what you, when you only have like a cursory level of interest in something, you only read it like a, as far as it stops until it stops being remotely interesting. So with the Left Behind series, that's like the first chapter. Um, <laughs> I think it's technically longer than the Bible, the entire series. No, it, it totally is. It's it's like it's like 12, 13 books with with a bunch of like restarts at the beginning, like since that you can only go through the end of the world until it fully ends. So many times. <laughs> okay, so what we mean, okay, so when Christians talk about eschatology, I think we mean more, we're talking about the end of days, the end times, what will happen at the end of time? I think that's the yeah. general question, because, I mean, most Christians who are in America are familiar with the end times narrative, which is the rapture and the seven-year tribulation period, that sort of thing. If you're in evangelical Christian circles, that's what you know. But there are a host of different ways to look at prophetic sources, such as the Revelation of John, and I'm sure you guys have some examples. Yeah. Well, certainly, yeah, but you are correct. I would say there is a large proportion 
of uh, Protestant America that holds to a a pre-tribulation rapture uh, and and then a second coming of Christ after a seven-year period of tribulation and stuff yeah. like that. Just kind of like it, really a lot like the Left Behind series. It's almost Left Behind series is is a novelization of of what a lot of Protestant America. Yeah. And, and, and this, the influence on video games is really, really apparent when you start thinking about what are some of the most popular video games out there. And, and one example would be Bioshock. Bioshock doesn't necessarily directly deal with uh, the end of the world, but the very first game that you – or very first location in a Bioshock game is called Rapture. Um, and the whole concept right. of rap, the rapture or being raptured out of things. You also have another game that's coming out by the Chinese room, the people who made uh, Dear Esther – and Amnesia uh, Machine for, for Pigs, uh, their new game is coming out called uh, Everyone's Gone to Rapture. And that's where you're exploring a city and everyone is mysteriously missing. Um, and the whole concept being that uh, our, our, our collective consciousness is very familiar with this concept that uh, all the, the good and righteous and, and believing people uh, get, dis- get taken out of, out of this world and everyone else has to deal with the, the suck. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Unless you're in Darksiders, then all the humans die by accident. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that makes total sense, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, the the general concept of of like the rapture or or of of everyone getting taken out of things, I think, is is very popular in in, in uh, pop culture. Um, but that's that's not the, the the sum total of of Christian Christian perspective of the end times there's a great diversity of what people uh what what we as believers agreed on um about the end times and that's just that jesus wins can we can we i'm pretty sure that's the only thing that we really all agree on yeah is that fair i think that's pretty fair it it just depends on how you describe the victory (laughs) yeah that's actually a really good point (coughs) is it going to be uh in football is it a uh a a long pass for a touchdown, or is it a slow grind to the goal line before they cross over? You know, I mean, there's all kinds of ways it, to describe victory. Or is it a sudden catastrophe of <laughs> yeah. proportions? Or is it a fumble by the other team? You know? <laughs> and so one of, one of the things that I think is really important is to, is to recognize that in, in our American history in particular, we have uh, this, this trend of uh, – dispensationalism that has caused everyone to have this uh, rapture mindset with things and that's that's probably what we're most well known for and so when you see a, a movie like this is the end show up um, which I think is a, a are, are you guys familiar with that movie I, I am I, familiar with it and okay I would like I'm, I'm to not, see it just so I know what's in it <laughs> yeah I, I couldn't I couldn't sit through the whole thing because it got really really gross. Um, but the, the whole idea of it is that all the celebrities of Hollywood are, are hanging around James Franco's house and uh, trying to survive the, uh, the end of the world where there's demons walking around on the earth. It's basically Darksiders, um, <laughs> only, <laughs> only with uh, this concept that if you, if you repent, then you get to go to heaven. And, and this is something that – and the whole idea that if you're in Hollywood, everyone – you know, generally thinks if you're in Hollywood, then you're obviously going to hell. Um. <laughs> it is a great concept for a movie. I'm not yeah. Sure. I, you know, it depends on if you're into Seth Rogen's brand of eloquent trash poetry. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, that's, it's, it's still just another base – for me, it's just another baseline of what is the perception that our, our American culture at large sees as the end of the world. And so in that movie, like, Jay Baruchel um, is, like, reading, quote-unquote, reading from the Bible about what the end of the world is going to be like. And it's not actually from the Bible. Um, <laughs> it's just things that sound like, the, sound like King James. Um, and uh, and that, I think that's, that, that actually is a pretty accurate uh, depiction of what is the, the popular American understanding of, of eschatology. Is that it's like, everything is going to be terrible and... No one's going to expect it, and demons are all over the earth, and it's kind of terrible. Maybe ultimately Jesus wins. We don't know. I think it's something that we, I say we, meaning the church, can sometimes use it as a as a fear tactic for conversion. 
you know, because it is scary and it is actually very interesting. You know, people are very interested in thinking and hearing about what the the future might be like. I mean, that's why they go to yeah. fortune tellers and, and things like that, palm readers. Exactly. Um, we have we do have the Bible with a glimpse of future events. It's just not easy to interpret <laughs> right, <laughs> this, right, right. this type of literature. So, yeah. If it's meant to be interpreted at all, which is even a further problem. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and, well, and that's one other consideration. And one of the things that's that uh, from like a, a hermeneutics perspective of how we interpret the text at large, um, that, is, that is the ultimate question when it comes to the end times stuff in the Bible is how do you interpret it? But the thing is, people usually take a different lens for uh, the end times texts um, than they do everything else. So when you look at the, the Bible, everyone looks at the Bible and says, if you're, if you're a scholar, the first thing you say is, what did this mean to the original audience? Right. But pe- for some reason, when, when it comes to revelations, people don't ask that question. They're like, I want to know what's going to happen. <laughs> and they see it as like a lexicon for uh, or a crystal ball sort of thing. Um, and, and instead of actually asking, like, was this actually relevant to people in John's day? Yeah. And the answer is, the answer is Yes. Yeah, and not all prophecy is meant to be future prediction. Right, right, right. Uh, one of my favorite uh, favorite uh, simple simple understandings of, of uh, the Book of Revelations was it wasn't so much a matter of what happens or what will ha- or, or what happened or what will happen, but it's about what happens. And this is this is something that is much more about the the, the spiritual climate that we that we are are currently in an existing tension thereof. Um, and that there's a, a constant uh, – the end of the world happen, has happened many, many times. Um, and I think that that's most ev- evident in uh, something like uh, Apocalypsis or uh, – well, not, not Apocalypsis. What was, the, what was the name of that Mel Gibson movie? Um, Apocalypto? Apocalypto, that's right. Yeah. Mayan – or is it Aztec? You yeah. Know, I feel like I'm totally dismissing that culture just – Stop, no, that's all right. Stop no, it now. Stop it now. That's, no, that's that's okay. But like the whole the whole concept of it was what it, what it, what is the the signs of the end of that civilization? So civilizations rise and fall again and again. And you can say that the the uh, the, the 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 empire of of the beast was this empire at this point in time, and was that empire at this point in time? Um, empires rise and fall. It's just kind of like the 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 thing that happens throughout. Uh, the collective of human history. And if you are in an empire, you tend to see your empire as the most important of, of all time. And what is most important whenever you look at the Bible, especially revelations is kind of a, a Rorschach test that tells you uh, what your biases are reading into the Bible itself. And so you look into uh, the, the whore of Babylon, you're going to be like, Oh, Hey, that's our country. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably not. <laughs> That's possible. I would say, I mean, I'm going to just read something from Revelation chapter 21. But it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And then he goes on to describe some of the stuff from this new heaven and this new earth. But that sounds pretty global yeah. <laughs> to <Yeah>. me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think ultimately there is some uh, something about the future that talks about what this earth, what its destiny is in Revelation. That's my opinion. I, I no, do and think that's, and that's a really, really important one is that the, the conclusion <clears throat> the, whenever you're talking about the end, um, always look at the end of the book that you're reading. Um, <laughs> and so when you, when you talk about Revelation, one of the things that I think when, when people talk about it being a, a Rorschach test, I think that the best thing is what is what is your preoccupation with with this? Because how many of you guys have ever met somebody who's like the Book of Revelation says that everything's going to get really spooky really soon, and uh, and uh, that 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 the, the Pope is wrong and the CIA is in it and and oh crap this is going to oh man you better be ready you better you better have like a basement full of of pineapple juice because I'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> why that in particular. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just picking on, like, 
I just know that I'm <laughs> and also pineapple seeds. So that's gonna make that. more pineapple juice for future survival. For the hey, new that's Earth. the only thing that will survive a nuclear fallout. That's all that I know. Um, but no, no, I've I've just met so many guys who are so preoccupied with the with with the, the concept of the end of the world, and not seeing that Revelations is every bit of every bit of of scripture is summed up in Jesus. Yeah. And if you don't see Jesus, you don't see him, you don't see his new hope, you don't see his new life, you don't see, Ted, the new Revela- the, 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 the new Jerusalem, you don't see the, the regeneration of all things. If, if your end times preoccupation is not about the restoration of all things through Jesus, you're, you might be doing it wrong. It's a different lens. Yeah, you might be looking at it through the wrong lens, for sure. You know, along that line, too, it's sort of annoying when you run across somebody or you read somebody that's got it all figured out. You know, oh, I know that yeah. this is this, this is that. One of the things that opened my eyes is back in my early Bible college days, which I was attending in the late 80s. And there was actually a very popular book, at least in our area. I think it was written by somebody relatively local. The title of the book was called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988. <laughs> uh, I yes. think I had stickers around town that said the rapture is coming and it's like 1992 yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Signs and stuff. yeah and a lot of times it's based on some sort of uh, math equation you know that they figured out based on yeah, they, they figured it out man numerology Ooh. right the count of letters the, the numeric value of a, of a Greek letter or, or of a Hindu and, and, letter and the, and the most painful thing is like even if even if you are the most masterful Bible scholar ever, you can't convince these people that they're wrong. They're, they 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 know they know they know they know. Well, if they're making a prediction, they're either going to be proven right or wrong. And yeah, I'm pretty well, sure that Jesus yeah. didn't come in 1988. Well, the thing is, do you remember a couple years ago, two years ago, when there was the um, there was that church who who was like really making a huge huge push. For it being the end of the world on May twenty one two thousand and twelve, because that's when the, the 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 calendar ends, and I don't know, it's just like this really weird com- combination of revelations and and a ton of other things, and then of course was it they, they were wrong. Christians, yeah, yeah, it was a bunch of Christians who were like, it's going to be all the end of the world, and and then they were then then of course nothing happened, and you find out that this is something that this is that this church does every ten years. Um, <laughs> They were wrong last time, but they got it right this time. Well, I've always found it sort of interesting, uh, the historical – I mean there's there's some denominations that exist today because of eschatology and predictions. And uh, I'm thinking in particular about the Seventh-day Adventist church mm. where um, I, they basically predicted uh, a, a date that Christ was coming. Mm. They sold all their possessions. They gathered on this hill. For him to return, and it did not happen as expected. So like, then he like goes back to the Bible and looks at it. And it's like, oh, I, I did the wrong equation or whatever. It's really going to be on this date. So they do it again. They gather on the hill. Uh, yeah, it was uh, first time was eighteen forty three, and then I think the second time might have been eighteen forty four. I'd never understand these specific dates. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. If you read your Bible, even then you would say no specific dates. Cause yeah, considering that the Bible was, wasn't using the, uh, the uh, Christian calendar that we, that we now have, yeah. have, have adopted, which is not actually based on the Bible, but based on uh, perceptions and, and, and what monks thought in like mm-hmm. 700 AD or something. Can you imagine, though, like, if you read Matthew 24, 36 to 39, right? It says, But of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father alone. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and they did not understand until the flood came and took them away, so will be the coming of the Son of Man be. And, and then there's there's like there but there are exceptions to that. Yeah, if, that's like seriously, yeah. it's right there. It's right there. What are <laughs> yeah. you doing? Yeah. If you are particularly bright and witty with reading the Bible, you might be able to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so th- that's that's a good overview, I think, of of what uh, what eschatology is all about. So the question I think now, since this is a video games podcast, oh, oh, is what are uh, oh, oh no just no before no we go. no okay. I have no problem with the idea of dispensationalism or futurism. What I do have a problem with is the overclaims. Like, oh, I, I can okay. know all these things, 
and know them like intimately. I have all the information. We just have to wait a little while, guys. I yeah. That's okay. what I have a problem with. More like I know I what like, God's thinking, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, I like to sort of put it in a frame of I believe that it will be like this, but I may be wrong. <laughs> yeah. Always so, an out for you, Ted, huh? Yeah, especially with that kind of thing. Okay, yes, the Great Bear is Russia coming down from the north. Yeah, that's, that's gone. Maybe wrong. <laughs> that, that's that's because of Magog is going to eat them up too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Jesus is going to come back and he's going to say, "Ted, you got Revelation wrong. You sit in <laughs> you sit in the chair." Oh no! It's like, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen that way. Yeah. I, yeah, so, but the bottom line, too, is this is a very interesting subject, and Christians in general like to also talk about it. I had a friend tell me one time, he's like, you may notice uh, if there, if you want to compare attendance numbers, have a conference about uh, the end times, and then have a conference about prayer and discipleship, and <laughs> see where your attendance numbers are going to be. Yeah, yeah. The only problem is that when you do the end times, that's when you attract everyone's uh, weirdest cousins. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm. I'm just saying from experience here. I'm. I'm just, you know, not that you have a weird cousin. No, no, well, no, not necessarily my weird cousins. But I mean, I'm just know. I just know that everyone's weird cousins comes out to that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, well, because, they're hunkering down with their pineapple juice. <laughs> pineapple juice. Hey, you weird cousin of Josh out there with your pineapple juice. If you're listening to this podcast, he thinks you're weird. <laughs> Go so, get another can of juice. So what are, what are some video games that you think of when you think of, like, end times? We already mentioned a few, but why not bring them up again? Um, Zombie-related things? Oh. That'd be my first thing. How about Final Fantasy? Most Final, Final Fantasy- Fantasies involve some kind of apocalyptic end. Yeah, that's true. Like, and then um, and they Final keep going Fantasy for some VII. dumb reason. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, right? Meteor is hovering over the Earth, and it's going to kill everybody. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy X, there's a giant creature called Sin that arrives every thousand years, and if it's oh, not yeah. satiated with the summoner, it will kill everybody. Uh, I don't know. Final Fantasy VIII is confusing. I have no idea whether or not. <laughs> Time compression. Yeah. Look, it's well, all there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's all in the name. I mean, Final Fantasy is supposed to be about, like, the end, and of course, you know, they just keep going. Um, and then you have uh, Final oh, Fantasy. Is the end. Yeah, Final like, Fantasy IX, that's, that's an end times thing at the end, too. I think they all uh, are. Almost. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's the consistent thread throughout all of them. It's so funny to call it Final Fantasy and then add a number to it. <laughs> or, or or worse, two numbers. 13-3. Yeah, so I'm, I'm assuming that like after the end of the world in 13-1, it just kept going because obviously we got two more games out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I played 13-2 yesterday because I'm trying to do all the DLC and man... Because you're crazy? That plot makes no sense. Yeah. You're going to solve time paradoxes? What is happening? I don't even know. <laughs> I'm coming back later, and I'm like, did any of this make any sense? And then it's like, the game is over, and the end times happen. Yeah, I, guess, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not trying to do anything with a, with a Christian style of things. It's much more of a, of a Japanese fantasy weird let's how, how weird can we make this and still maybe have an audience kind of thing <laughs> i had heard and maybe this isn't true but square was not having a lot of financial success so they called final fantasy the name of the game that because they were thinking that was their last game <laughs> that they were going to be able to make that i don't is, know if that's true or not, no that is true that is absolutely is? true yeah square enix's last or square soft's last game was going to so, be final fantasy yeah until it ended up being an unexpected success, and then so on and so forth, franchise is born. That's interesting. <laughs> so one, one of the, the things that I, I think of, uh, you had brought up zombie games. Now, of course, zombies don't really factor into uh, the, the the book of uh, Revelation or, or any other uh, Bible stuff. But um, because of their, you know, you, you bring up zombies, you bring up... Uh, an, an end of the world scenario in, in, in any game. And of course, zombies are probably the only thing that's bigger than Call of Duty. Um, yeah. The, what does the, the Bible say about zombies? 12 Bible verses uh, about zombies. Yeah, there, I'm sure you could find a blog post about that, though. <laughs> I'm um, sure there is somewhere. There, there's, there's probably at least 
20 of them. I'm not going to get into there's that. There's people who suggest that, you know, Jesus was a zombie because he, you know, rose from the dead. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, and that's and that's something that I hear a lot of my atheist friends, uh, yeah. refer, you know, dismissively call Easter Sunday. Um, yeah. But the, the other the other thing that's that's kind of fascinating about uh, zombie games is I think of uh, the, the one of the worst zombie games that I've ever played, which is Dead Dead Island, uh, where w- all I remember from that game is that you're walking through like a, a safe area where there's a bunch of regular NPCs all around you, and every time you walk in this one room, you hear this this girl say, "It's like the Book of Revelations. It's it's like the Book of Revelations. This is this is just like it." <laughs> and, <laughs> And so somehow that just like got in my into my subconscious about whenever I think of uh, an end times game or something that's dealing with the apocalypse. I mean that was that was the there was a this past console generation. It was a, a huge every game seemed like it was either a a war Call of Duty like game or a uh, post apocalyptic. Uh, now we have to deal with the end of the world kind of game. Hmm. Like well, obviously, all right. Examples: so Fallout Three. Um, and yeah, that's post. That's post-apocalyptic. Though. Right, 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 right. But I'm saying like post-apocalypse is is the the, the setting for most uh, for a lot of games. For a lot of games, a lot, yeah, yeah. And so like the design of, of a lot of games makes sense considering if you're gonna you can't show present day considering then you'd have to show explain why there's not enough humans considering no game studio has enough resources to constantly build a ton of humans and a, a uh, hardware that supports. Uh, building a city, except for you know something like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Why, um, why can't everybody survive the apocalypse? I'll tell you why. <laughs> because only Pomeranians in Tokyo are going to be able to survive. <laughs> oh, Tokyo Jungle! Yeah. yeah. Oh yes. yes. I tried playing that a little bit. It was free on PlayStation Network. I think yes. I bought it for like ninety nine cents or something. Not oh, the I, game I, for I totally bought Tokyo Jungle. Tokyo Jungle is great because it's a it's an apocalypse without humans. <laughs> yeah, it is. That. <laughs> Um, but that's away. the only thing I could. I think it's it's actually like a roguelike, which was unexpected. Um, but it's also like ridiculously hard. Like for whatever reason, I couldn't. I was wondering, like, why am I not leveling up? Why? Why do I literally only? Can I only play as a really boss Pomeranian or a deer? Like those are my options. That's all the only options I ever unlocked after playing the game for five hours. Sounds very <laughs> Japanese. Hey, yeah. if I'm going to play a game where I've, I'm suffering, I've already found it, and it's called Dark Souls. So, <laughs> at least there's about, some. That's about apocalypse, actually. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, it, unless I don't want to spoil the story at all, I guess. But basically, the entire world is about the end of an era, and once the fires go out, that's it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's about the decline of this civilization. And yeah. that's you're basically walking through the ruins of what's left. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's definitely barren and there's not a lot of of, of regular humans, that's for sure. Yeah, there's just a lot of hollowed out people and just gods lying around doing a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My work's done. I guess Demon Souls is apocalyptic. Yeah, all of those souls games. Yeah, yeah, I think all that souls is, games yeah. would fit into the apocalyptic kind of thing. Um, but th- that's also, uh, if I can step back for a moment to, to Fallout for a sec, um, there's a reason why Fallout, I think, is really noteworthy. Um, not necessarily because of any of the, the, the post-nuclear uh, apocalypse is, is something that that people, um, that fits in, like, to, to scripture or anything like that. But a lot of people were thinking that back in, like, the 80s and during the Cold War was because uh, all of our American history was wrapped up in are we going to all die in a, in a nuclear fire do we have fallout bunkers and you know what is what is going to happen in the, in the arms race with russia um and what is going to and this isn't something that's as part of a, our our uh, collective imagination anymore because um uh, fortunately there's been a lot of nuclear disarmament and not uh you know nuclear bombs aimed at each other's countries uh but it was something that people were very, very, very conscious of throughout the 20th century or towards the second half of the 20th century. Well, you so, had a big enemy that you – in a way, it was almost better. <laughs> you knew you had a big enemy that was trying to kill you. I, I remember being a boy growing up in the 70s mm-hmm. and at night laying on my bed with the window open and I would hear a jet fly by and I would think in my imagination, oh, that's Russia with a jet and they've got a bomb. It's all over. 
<laughs> I mean, what what kind of thoughts were that for a kid? I, I don't know. But, but there was it was obviously it was present for sure. Yeah. In, in and that was something that that now. persisted throughout the whole Cold War. Um, for for a lot of people, um, but for for like uh, people my age and and under and like Zach and we grew up we grew up in after 1990 after the fall of of the Berlin Wall. Um, it you know the fear of of nuclear nuclear uh, apocalypse was was a lot more dismissed, and that's why when we think of something like Fallout, we think, "Hey, that game is funny." <laughs> yeah, I I, gr- I grew up before the year of La- uh, the day of lavas, so. That that was my yeah. context. <laughs> I I played Chrono Trigger when I was you know whenever it came out. Oh yeah, that was a game that you yeah. made you think about such things. When you're it? seven years old, it's not exactly a happy thought to think the universe is or Earth is about to be destroyed in about four years. So, yeah, yeah. Let's throw me out there for your game development. Uh, what was that? <laughs> hey, it's Mushmouth from the Cosby Kids. Yeah, it sound like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I think I'll edit this part out. We'll see. This is this is why you don't eat breakfast while you're doing your yeah, podcast, kids. Or delicious cereals. Stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't thinking about the day of Lavos is not exactly fun thoughts for a yeah. child. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Especially when you're little. I mean, when you're when, from from an adult perspective, it's hard to like really put your brain back there. But yeah, how about an unexplainable space parasite <laughs> that destroys the Earth? It's not exactly happy town. Yeah, but but people do that all the time, and they like I don't understand why there's such a a happy go lucky preoccupation with Cthulhu and the yeah. uh, and the. Uh, general Lovecraft mythos of I think people just love saying that word. They like saying Cthulhu. Yeah. Yeah. Well, his name is unpronounceable technically, isn't it? I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> you I just did a pretty good job with it. I haven't actually read any Lovecraft considering, you know, like it's not well written. Well, the color <laughs> Cthulhu is worth reading just once. Okay, maybe. Yeah. At least it's short enough. Did you say the call of Cthulhu? Yeah. But for, for, those, for those not fully familiar with the, the Cthulhu mythos and, and Lovecraft and all that, it, it's just basically that you have a giant space space god who lives underneath the earth and wants everyone to die and go mad. <laughs> well, is mostly that, Cthulhu mythos is like there are forces in the universe that are beyond your control that you can't possibly comprehend or you'll go mad and that don't care about you. Right. Cosmic right. horror, as they would call it. Cosmic horror, yeah, that's a, that's a really good way of putting so, it. So, basically, it's like the opposite of the Judeo-Christian universe. Right, right. <laughs> Which is like, here is this god. He will squish the universe with his tiny thumb. Also, you will die. Yeah. Um, which which makes sense from from the guy who... did. Have you heard of... I, I believe that... I can't remember the name of the website, but it's... Uh, was it was it uh, Lovecraft or Hitler? Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's it's, it's a very funny short little game that that is a bunch of racist quotes, and you have to decide whether it was Lovecraft or Hitler. <laughs> and uh, if it's particularly terrible, usually it was Lovecraft. <laughs> that's interesting. I, a call of Cthulhu. I couldn't help but think, but maybe we could have Cthulhu call in here and be a guest <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs> uh, I didn't understand that. And what's your name again? I can't. You, pro- you can't even pronounce your own name. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's one of the problems with having tentacles for a face. If I pronounce it, you'll go mad. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, over. Can you guys think of any any uh, end times or eschatology-oriented games that you found to be actually good? Or that you find beneficial for the conversation around them? I don't play good games, so I... I would oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I can hesitate to say whether I played one recently, if at all. Um, I've been playing Valiant Hearts, which yeah. actually takes place during World War One. But that was there were people at that time that thought that that war was literally the end of the world happening. That's so a that's, really good point. It's not in the game per se that I've been able to see, but if you think yeah. about it, for the first time. I mean, nations are joining forces and joining sides. And, Sixty-five uh, million people went to war. Like, that's what that's what it opens up with in, in the game, I believe. Yeah, 
and, and the game is okay. I think the thing that makes the game interesting to me is the art style and the setting of being World yeah. War One. The game yeah. itself is almost getting monotonous now with the puzzles. I'm on the final chapter. Hmm. But uh, so, but it does make you think a little bit when you show some. They show some. It's really interesting. They have sort of this cartoon style, but it's of this horrible battlefield yeah. situation of burned buildings and crashed zeppelins. And I think I think that's so that we can actually like uh, willingly want to to, to play it. Because considering if it had like a, a real human, very natural setting, it would be a little bit too too heavy um, or too despairing. Like it's just you know. If it's not abstract enough, you can't really get people to engage. Who you, you yeah. can get people to engage who wouldn't normally be able to engage mm. in that sort yeah. of thing. Like if you know, like people who would watch Saving Private Ryan. I know there are people who wouldn't, right? Be, just because of the violent content. It's just far too. It's far too believable in in that sense. But um. you can get an idea and a sense of it just impressionistically. Then right, it, right. it's also an effective way of getting people into the mind space. But I, I really do. I really do like that as a, as a as a, a point of you know people thinking about it being dead. And, and the World War One was actually where a lot of uh, people's um, perspective of of the end times, especially biblically, really shifted. Because um, up until that point in uh, especially American history, a lot of people were um, a millennial uh, believing that the right. the world was was ultimately getting better. Um, right, and it was right. because of the first and second world wars that a lot of people just like abandoned that that concept altogether. And it really um, did destroy that concept. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, just about everybody agreed. Oh, maybe we're not improving, right? As as we so optimistically thought we would. So yeah, that is, it did have an effect on how the world looks at uh, itself. Yeah. You know, we're capable of doing this sort of thing to ourselves. Uh, that's you know just on a human level. Well, really, here's what I've said to uh, anybody that talking about it. I, you know, when you talk about the end of the world, I mean, science even says there's going to be an end to the world. Yeah. Right, right, so right. It's not like this isn't some crazy Christian thought. Um, this earth has a finite life, according to science. It's, of course, it's in the billions of years. Yeah. So, or, but or, or 500, 500, 500 million, if you're thinking about when, when our sun is scheduled to turn into a red giant and eat us. Oh, I, I didn't look at the schedule. I'm sorry. <laughs> or how about the universe's white heat death at yeah. some point in the near future? No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you've got asteroids coming. You know, yeah, all, all kinds stuff. of all kinds of possible threats that can wipe out life. As well, oh, that is. reminds me of a of, of one game. Um, maybe not an asteroid. Asteroids. But very about close. dinosaurs. Very close. Actually, no. I was thinking of Majora's Mask. Yes, that's a good. Which example. was. Uh, one game that is is very practically about the uh, the imminent destruction of, of all of the world. Yeah. Uh, you have a three day schedule before the uh, the moon crashes into the earth and has an ugly face that yeah. will you will go into its eyeballs. The creepy moon. <laughs> that game is not post apocalyptic. It is. It is. You're yeah, right that's that's really, well, You could say Wind Waker is post apocalyptic. You are correct. Yeah. According to the official Zelda timeline. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I'm gonna go look it up. Everybody, everybody, stall right now. Because that world with the islands is because Hyrule was consumed with flood. Right, so right, right. So it's it's a uh, Noah. Generations sense. later, you know, there's this whole world underwater from the past. So it's kind of depressing. Actually, well, that's actually a really good point when you think of like just just Noah. Like Noah was another end times story, mm-hmm. but in that in that context. Um, and we usually don't think of it, considering it's in the first book in the Bible. It's one of the first things that happens, it seems. Yeah, very early on. Okay, but. so here is Zelda timeline. Skyward Sword is the beginning. Boo. Well, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I concur with the boo on that. Then Minish Cap, then Four Swords. Okay, and Ocarina of Time, depending on what happens, the timeline splits, splits. in three mm-hmm. ways. Three. So, oh. Okay. So Whoa, if, this is even worse than Lost. Yeah. Okay. So if Link is defeated, <laughs> then it goes to Link to the Past. Okay. And Oracle of Seasons, Link's Awakening, all that stuff. So Link to the Past is a Zelda timeline unto itself in all games that play like it. <laughs> oh, that's that's kind of wacky. If if uh, Link wins against Ganon, <laughs> then uh, the Sacred Realm is protected, and then uh, Majora's Mask. Twilight Princess, 
Link's crossbow training, which is on this timeline for reasons <laughs> I couldn't possibly understand. And four swords, Hyrule Adventure, etc. Alright. Okay, that's wonderful. And if Ganondorf is sealed, which is different, I guess, then Ganondorf is revived, Hyrule is sealed and flooded, and then you have Wind Waker. I'm sorry, I'm 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 having a hard time keeping interest in any of this. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, uh all the Tingle games happen on this timeline, so you can safely stow that away forever. For- that, there's some Japanese one for the Game Boy Advance with Tingle. I forgot what it is. He's collecting rubies or something. But. Oh, man, this gets even more complex. How does this happen? Let's, so so the original Legend of Zelda game is Stay like, with us, Josh. Stay with us. I don't know. if I, I'm having a hard time. I'm According ha- to this timeline, the original Legend of Zelda game is like oh, man. way far down here. Like this makes oh, man. no sense whatsoever. I'm, you're losing me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. so, so yes, Wind Waker is post-apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. And islands and stuff. You have yeah. confirmed it. Although That's you make me want to play it again. Yeah, it, it is. It is by far one of the one of the prettier ones. You can um, play it on your new Wii U, man. Oh, but I want to get Pikmin three, or maybe yeah. I want to get Wind Waker. I don't know. Got to yeah. make those choices. Well, you can pick one that you've already played or not. You know, that's the real option there. Yeah, but it's Pikmin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like, mean, I understand. I'm not. In, I'm not into the RTS thing either. But you know, whatever. Pikmin is. Okay, I guess. Yeah, but Pikmin. Pik- Pik- Pikmin's Pikmin. real Pikmin's real strength is in its one on one multiplayer, I believe, and and on it, it does have some pretty cool co op. You know what? Pikmin one. is in a way apocalyptic because the premise of the series is that you're a space traveler from Earth or some other planet who is going to find food and resources so that not everybody dies out on that planet. That is that's, true. That's an option. That is well, true. one of the things that I think is really helpful is is maybe to to rethink the word apocalyptic, considering the word apocalypse doesn't mean the end of the world. The word apocalypse means the revealing. Ah, um, you know, right. like apocalypsis means uh, what is what is unveiled or, or to literally pull back the curtain so that you can see what's behind it. Um, and it's a part of the the, the 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 genre that we we call apocalyptic Jewish literature, which is what Daniel and Revelation fall into. Um, are they they use coded language to to, to commonly refer to things that people would of that day would commonly know of? Um, so instead of saying you know like uh, uh, Caesar, you would say uh, the the Beast of Babylon, you know, hypothetically. Um, your and preterism so, is is leaking in here. I think. I know. I know. I know. But uh, <laughs> the, the the point the point being that when, whenever you talk about apocalypse, uh, the, the actual true word does not mean the end of the world, even though that's yeah. what it's become in our culture. It's and colloquially in our day, known hey. as the end of the world, but right, right. But it was actually uh, in, in in a first century perspective, it was uh, just a matter of revealing, or another word for it would be uh, cri- uh, cryptic um, or cryptology. Literally, um, the, the title of Revolution in uh, in my Greek Bible is Apocalypsis of John, pretty much, or Apocalypsis right. Yohannu. So, yeah, the revealing. So you are correct, sir. I never thought uh, of it like that. I had to look that up. It's like it's. A, it's, it's some, I mean, I, I sound like I I'm I'm just shooting all over the place in a lot in, in a lot of this, but that's it, it's something that like really preoccupied a lot of my time when I was younger. Um, a lot, or a lot of my spiritual formation was really like trying to figure out what is what is this all about, um, and I, I ended up at a really weird spot where it's like, all right, I am I am a lot less confident of how things are going to end or what it's going to be like or what is the preoccupation except for Jesus, and what that means for me now practically is I, I believe that if you you have a a bad a bad eschatology and this is a really like I'm being a jerk by saying this sort of, <laughs> but you have a bad eschatology. If it does not cause you to love people more and to love Jesus more, and not in a sense like, oh, crap, we got to get you out of here, but in a sense of I'm going to patiently, enduringly love people without trying to pressure anybody into into the kingdom because spiritual formation takes time and love and eating together and discussions sometimes. For some people, it could be just, you know, like, you know, you really need Jesus and people will be like, I really need Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have had that experience myself, but you know that's 
you know, some some people, some for some people, that's that's what things are like. Fear tactics don't produce the right results. That's right, right, right. I, I I absolutely loathe the form of uh, Christian evangelism which says, uh, you know, get out of hell and go into heaven right now, uh, because that's what the that's what the God, what Jesus was all about. And and if you actually read the Gospels, I, I don't. No, he, he does talk about those subjects, would, but that's that's not his preoccupation. Yeah. I don't believe. It's not about rescue from the world. It's it actually is about being uh, ingrained in this world and being a part of the world and changing, helping to change the world. Yeah. Uh, what is it in the world, not of the world? I'm sure we've heard yeah, that. It's, that it's phrase, not high in the sky by and by is is my thing. Is, you know, it's not it's not about it's not about getting out of here. Right. Right. It's uh, while you're here, uh, being part of the rescue. It's the brand new movie that has everyone talking. Escape from Earth. <laughs> yeah, that, and that's I mean, yeah. That, Movies that's, and all of this would be another complete different uh, uh, yeah. podcast. Jesus, of, yeah. take me out of here. Well, yeah. and that's right, that's right, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's and that's the issue that I have the, the big a lot of problems with. But um, instead of getting into that, one back to <laughs> sure thing, Bob. <laughs> The, the one thing that I, I do want to talk about is um, he my, does know my name. <laughs> my two favorite eschatology video games. One okay. is so. Have either of you guys played Miyazmata? I know it's not a like very popular game, but um, I think I own it. I have the. Um, maybe I do. I'm okay. visualizing, but but I'm but I'm guessing it. that means that you haven't played it. Uh. No. Okay. So I watched it, and I thought whatever fully, I watched, I was happy with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Mia's, to, to bring Mia's Mata back down to a, a really, really cheap-reduced perspective and kind of spoiling a little bit of it, um, it it's basically a uh, an exploration of the concept of uh, Paradise Lost. The whole concept of Eve... Well, I mean, it literally takes place in a, on an island called Eden. And you're there as fallen man as a, an atom, so to speak, who has been caught, uh, caught with a plague and you're trying to just, just survive off of, off of the plant life in the land. And, and you're trying to find a way to create a cure. So you're, it's, it's about actively pursuing, um, uh, healing for fallen humanity in a certain sense. Um, and as you're going around the Island, you're finding corpses and, and, and just symbols of fallen humanity everywhere. Um, and, and, there's this kind of like deep exegetical longing for the restoration of all things that persists throughout the game. Mm. And, and so, and I know this might sound like really airy and, and, and hypothetical, but like no, I think what you, you're you doing, just hit a key word for me. Go ahead. So what, what, what you're doing throughout the whole game is you're, you're basically just walking around on this Island, but, but the, your movement feels uh, taxing. So like going up a hill takes out, takes like the air out of your breath going down a hill, you can easily lose your footing and fall down the hill and, and, uh, you don't want to stay sprinting for too long. Otherwise it'll, it could trigger a, uh, a, a sickness, um, a, a fever and cause you to, to have to take a uh, medicine that you're, that you're creating from, from uh, plant life that you're finding on the Island. Um, and, and you're also kind of being hunted by something. Um, so it has like this this fear and dread of of uh, of the the weakness of of man throughout everything, and then once you finally get off off the island, there's this this sense of of uh, well, I, I don't want to get into what exactly happens at that point, but you you do find a book at the very end that is Paradise Lost. That's Milton's book, uh, Paradise Lost. So it's it's really meant to play off of that concept of. Um, I really do wish that uh, the world would be restored, and that's for me. My my aspect of eschatology is really about uh, a deep sense of longing for Jesus to restore all things, to to give us our our, um, to make all rights wrong, to 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 bring to bring uh, to to defeat injustice, and to for for sacrificial love to triumph over every every uh, worldly problem, and for for no more sickness and disease. Um, and I think that that's fundamentally what Miasmata is is about. That's very interesting. Well, it looks like the graphics are kind of cool on it too. Yeah, it's it's it, the graphics are pretty good for a game made by two dudes who made their two own. Two guys, yeah, yeah, that's what's extraordinary to me. 
Yeah. Uh, they must have been really committed to this premise to oh, work absolutely. that hard. And it was one of the first games that was greenlit on Steam, so it, it has it has a um, like a, a pioneering quality in, in, in on each each aspect of it. Um, and the the, uh, the other game that, that that really makes me think about the end times is a game called Knit Underground. Have either of you heard of this one? I think that's on yes. my PlayStation Vita. I think I can yes. play it. Yes, yes, it's on PlayStation Vita. It's on PS3. It's on PC and Steam. I think. Uh, I believe it, it. It finally came out on Steam. Um, it, I, I, I played it originally uh, as DRM free, um, but it, it is. Uh, I, w- I would bring it down and say that it is a 2D platformer without any combat mechanics, where you are a basically like a little a little sprite. She's literally a sprite, and she has two little fairies that go with her everywhere she goes. And it sounds like a little girl's game uh, to some people, and, and I'm fine with that. But the, 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 the core of it is about, um, since your character is mute, the two fairies speak for her, and you decide which of these two fairies speak for you. And one is ultimately and quite literally a believer, and the other one is quite literally an atheist. And so you decide how do you respond to the belief system in the world, which says that unless the six bells of fate are rung, the end of the world is going to come. And these sprites are living in this post-apocalyptic underground world um, where they believe that and they have this weird religion that's kind of like a mixture of Christianity and other things, but you have very firm believers and non-believers, and the question is ultimately what happens if you don't ring the bells of fate? Do you, do you save the world? Is the apocalypse going to come again if you, you don't ring the bells of fate? And that's the fundamental tension of the game is That's kind of silly. The bells of fate. Yeah, I that, mean, that. the bell. If they're the bells of fate, then they're going to be rung no matter what. They're the bells of fate. <laughs> you can't not ring the bells of fate. <laughs> okay, I just throw, the, throw, threw that in. No, and, and I mean, and that's a completely valid point. But like uh, Nicholas Nigren, the the, the 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 lead designer on the game, he's he's actually we we uh, um. Our team interviewed him on Game Church and really asked him, you know, like what is what is this game really about? And it's it's very transparently kind of about being in that tension of do I believe all of this end times preoccupation from from uh, the tradition that I grew up in in Christianity, or do I fully reject it and not really having his mind made up on those things? So it's kind of a game about agnosticism. Really, very much so. Yeah. So I, I highly, highly, highly recommend the game. The platforming is really good. The the the, the kinetics, like you can basically at very early in the game, you earn the ability to turn into a ball, and so you're you can kind of like get really, really high up, a few screens up, and then transform into a ball, go three screens down, and bounce back three screens up. So I don't know, like that that's that's not terribly relevant to the aspect of of, of uh, apocalypsis or eschatology, um, but the. The, the mechanics of the game are, are, are very fascinating and, and non, non-violent, um, but still has a, a very good sense of uh, the challenge of getting around. It has this huge, huge, huge chasm of, like, it took me 20 hours to fully explore this place. Like, it's just a very, very big, big platformer. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, rec- I recommend that to anybody. Um, Who's interested in uh, a game about? Uh, it's kind of about the empathy, em- empathetically sitting through agnosticism and the tension of, or just the the eschatological tension of: uh, is it for real? Is it not for real? Or what do you believe? Kind of thing. Like, what do you believe about the end of things? I mean, it's so, pretty heavy for a game, no doubt. Yeah, and one that looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one, one that looks like it's a, a game about fairies and, and happy little little girls. Hey, fairy game! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, yeah I think it, I, I started to play over. it and I didn't. It, it wasn't enough. By the way, it's spelled K N Y T T. If anybody listening yeah. is, was looking that up, yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, plus, it's it's really kind of surprising when like all of a sudden the, the you see you meet Nicholas Nigren in the game, and he, like he shows up throughout his own game, which I think is funny. Uh, also, the, uh, the 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 atheist fairy, she's kind of vulgar, and it's really funny because, like, all of a sudden out of nowhere, she's just like f bombing all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> not for children. Let's, let's no, all no, it's right it's now. not a it's it's not a. Uh, it might look like a little girl's game, but it it, it isn't. You probably you probably don't want your eight year old playing it. 
Uh, that one, I don't know. I mean, I might give the first game you were talking about more of a try than, than this yeah. one, just from looking at uh, images. And even though this one is free, it's got that going for it for me. <laughs> PlayStation. <laughs> but no, but it's interesting that you bring those out. Both of them seem to have this this struggle. Well, the first one you talked about was that struggle for survival or wanting things to be better. And then the other one you brought out is just the fact that um, struggling with your the faith element of it. Right. Right, right. What do you believe about it, or right. not? Believe? And that's and that's brought through mechanically by you either giving voice to the believing or the unbelieving fairy, um, which which sounds weird when I use the word fairy, but the unbelieving fairy. <laughs> I'm not unbelieving real. fairy. <laughs> you don't believe in me. Fairies aren't real. Yeah, you so, just um, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you guys think of any other any are there any other games that come to your mind when you think about the the end of things, or hmm. or rather, did did either of you find anything of value in the Dark Sider series, or are you just as burnt out on them as I am? I played the first one and enjoyed it, and then the second one felt like a hollow, soulless mess of a game, so I stopped playing. I did not play the second one. I played through a lot of the first one, mm-hmm. and it it kind of had a Zelda for grown-ups feel to it, even with a hook shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does. Um, and there, was, there was a little bit of element of portal to it as well. There was a gun that you could use to go in one wall and come out another. It's a but very personality-less game. It didn't grab me. Yeah, even though I played it that far into it. But I know that uh, it has to do with the Four Horsemen, right? Yeah, yeah. And the first game, is it... Um, Death or is it war? That's war is in the first one. Death is yeah, war. in the second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of like uh, all right. So the apocalypse didn't happen according to scriptures, and it's all this horseman's fault, or maybe not. We don't know exactly whose fault it is, and uh, this this uh, this sucks. All of humanity becomes, is. Then it's an angel dude's fault, I guess. Sort of. Yeah, it's, it's just this, the 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 cosmology, the 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 angels and demon practicals of all of it are really really weird considering heaven and hell is governed by this um intermediary the charred council yeah yeah <laughs> so i don't under quite understand how that's supposed that the, these demon looking dudes are supposed to be able to keep everything balanced when they obviously don't know oh, the what second the heck game's is even going worse. on the second game teleports you to a different planet for like no reason and then you quest there hey that's hey hey does. i'm all for random planets i don't even get it it's like i don't <laughs> What does this have to do with the original game? Ugh. Isn't it that the, he's trying to clear his brother's name who is blamed for the apocalypse or yeah, something like that? Yeah, but who cares? You're uh, I like don't know. Demi-god beings, okay, who like can kill I mean, everything. They well, and are I think, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Obviously, well, they're directly connected <laughs> in some way. They got that title. To, they're, they're supposed to be. I mean, that, in, They're not in called, concept. you know, the four horsemen of the lollipops. Yeah. <laughs> And I think that that, that that also comes down to the, the heavy metal styling and influence. Um, and I, I don't know the source material of, of Darksiders so much, but like the, the, the whole concept of it is, is the heavy metal, um, how, how hard can we make it kind of like preoccupation. I mean, like, honestly, I put Darksiders and Brutal Legend in the exact same category as far as like setting and apocalypse. A hard world, rock which is, apocalyptic future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, heavy metal I think is more more apt considering they're like Yeah, yeah. You know, like like war actually looks like a uh, uh, a beefed up version of a of a of a guitarist of a band like Megadeth or something. Guar. <laughs> guar. No, guar is actually more fitting yeah. think, except for there's no giant phalluses. Yeah, unfortunate. But it is sort of fitting. <laughs> I think the metal style in music sort of lends itself well to uh, to apocalyptic, you know, scenarios. It just yeah. sounds very end of the worldy, and the lyrics usually are about right. horrible things. Right, and and I th- and, and I mean, and that definitely comes over because a lot of Christian metal bands are, you know, still take that same reign and run with it, and you know, feel like you know, like it fits more into the Revelation setting. But the problem with Revelation is that. Uh, a lot of, it, it, it that is what colors people's perception of the book is games like Darksiders or the the heavy metal perception of things which uh you know and 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 it, it seems to work really well when you have 
chapters that are about the, the, the dragon with seven heads and the whore of Babylon and, you know, all these things that are coming up, it seems like a heavy metal, darker treatment is just a place that you want to stay in for those topics. And I don't, I, I think that that can completely miss the point of what the, those texts are actually saying about the character of Christ. No, the imagery is really cool. You have to admit. <laughs> uh, it was cool to me when I was, when I was 14. Yeah. <laughs> it, it stopped, it stopped being cool to me around the time that I grew up. Oh, <laughs> I you never know, like... grew up. Josh, <laughs> I never grew up. Yeah, Going to Neverland so. later today. <laughs> so, in, in closing, um, I think that uh, in closing, Darksiders Two is awful, and no one should play it. <laughs> not recommended by Theology no, Gaming. Not recommended at all. I hate it. I hate it. The first game's good. Don't bother. Second one's it's, it, awful. It, it feels like 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 the the mechanics feel tight for the first fifteen twenty minutes of the game. And then it just gets grating very shortly oh, after. Oh, and you're just dragging. It's like going through the motions. It feels like a latter-day Zelda game. Oh, actually, worse. <laughs> worse. Hey, Ted, do you like Skyward Sword? Mm, I want to. Then you're going to say no. Then no. I can't say that I do like it. How, I can't even say I like it. How far did you get? Um, I'm, I think I mentioned on another podcast, but I'm at the part where I'm sort of on this pirate ship that floats on in the past when you have these things activated. Um, so, which is the most interesting part of the game, but I just haven't. You got way further than me. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have to beat this game cause it's a Zelda game, but I have to do it in these, I just have to go back and visit it. It's just not a game that has captured me, but go ahead. Uh, that's not why you're asking. Well, me, once you hit to hour 70, I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun. Oh my goodness, please tell me it doesn't do that. Yes. 70? Yeah, well, apparently the end clock... Okay, my brother played through it, and I watched. Okay. And the end clock said 70 hours. Oh, I need to look and see how much I've invested in it. It goes on forever. Realistically, consider that, if that should be a part of my life or not. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I literally, like, borrowed it from my friend, and wanted to play it and I I, I, I even bought a controller uh, Wii Motion Plus advanced controller for it and and I I just couldn't do it it just wasn't mine came with a collector's edition Skyward Sword Wii Motion Plus controller. oh you're fancy yeah I have the gold yeah. one too it's awesome <laughs> the gold one yeah yeah the gold one uh, that's the best part of it it's the it's like the fifth remake of Ocarina of Time they've done and they get slightly better every time but this one not so much it was a step backward, and it got good reviews when it initially came out. We're like, "This is the best one ever." Don't they so, always say that? Yeah, that is true. That's true. Yeah. But Darksiders two, worse. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Very worse true. than Skyward Sword. I, I wouldn't even recommend it to anyone. <laughs> so no, in, in conclusion, don't wave, play Darksiders two, and don't play Skyward Sword. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you like just pressing buttons, I guess. Yeah. Darksiders two is like going through the motions. Go here, hit this. Solve this puzzle, right? But it's not really a puzzle. It's so self-evidently obvious as to be like, I'm going through the motions over and over. You have to climb up this wall and press this button. Yeah, I get it. It's like, and it's like, oh, how many more hours am I going to have to do this? Oh, oh, 30? Okay. I think I'm just going to stop now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the end of the podcast for the end of times. Uh, the question. <laughs> so the, the, the question end of the podcast. The end. Is this so, our last podcast? No. Uh, it, it is the last, last podcast. <laughs> the last podcast we do about the end of days. The <laughs> final last, podcast. Last, the last, last podcast. Uh, I, I, I would love to say it's the last, last, last podcast, but um, I'm not sure that that's true either. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know that I have anything else to add, but I do have a question. So what is the, the one takeaway that you would want to leave with people for the subject of the end times? Ted Loring. And the subject is end times, and I'm talking with someone about it. What would be the the final thought that I would say? I just think there is uh, anything that deals with the future is stuff that we don't really, really know about. So let's relax and let's study something else. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I mean, it's worth reading, obviously. It's part of scripture. But 
there's just there's a lot of other books to look at and study. I don't know if you can hear my dogs playing out here, but no, that's that's all right. No, and that's and that's a good point considering. I mean, I think Martin Luther had that same attitude. I think he was really questioning whether or not we even put Revelation in the Bible. I thought, yeah, that and James, I guess, huh? Well, yep. this guy was just cutting and pasting. Oh, he didn't like James because of the, uh, you know, grace and righteousness. Thing. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. The, great, the word grace is not in the book of James. Yeah, and Martin Luther's like, Arr. Yeah. <laughs> bad book, so, bad book. So, Zachary Oliver, what is the, the final thoughts that you would want people to have leaving the subject of, of eschatology? After much study and reflection, I have come to the conclusion that what's going to happen in Revelation is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I think yes. that's a very good position to be in. <laughs> yeah. Because I just seriously don't know. I just leave it up to God and I imagine he'll take care of it. Yeah, I think I think and, and for me my final thoughts on, on eschatology is um come back to the greatest commandment. What is the greatest commandment in the scriptures but to love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. So that means like everything you're thinking, everything you're doing and everything you're just everything about you and love your neighbor as yourself. Equally, you know, Jesus says that's just as important as the first one. So love your neighbor as yourself. Don't start these weird, I'm going to explain the end of the world to all my friends parties. Those aren't fun. I've been to them. They're, they're, they, they just put your, they, they, they either put people to sleep or confuse everybody. And, and you just look at pictures of dragons. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> pictures of dragons. Awesome. <laughs> these meetings, not so much. Yeah, honestly, I will admit the pictures of the bear with multiple heads, that's kind of cool. But uh <laughs> multi-headed bear. Yeah, there I mean, anyway, point point yeah. being, love God, love others. That's 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 your end eschatology right there. Oh. The rest is going to work out. Jesus oh, wins. Goodness, why did I google this? <laughs> Bears <Okay>. with guns. <laughs> <laughs> A dual-headed ghost. Really? Yes. Bears with guns? Hold That's on. the fourth uh. search result is for multi-headed bear. It's bears with guns. <laughs> that's a website. <laughs> I don't even understand anything. Oh, wait. That's a band or something. <sighs> oh, we're just doing a free promo here. Fallout for, uh, has two-headed bears for the yeah, flag that, of the new California Republic. Yeah, whenever I see a, a shirt for California, I'm like, why does that bear only have one head? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes. All so, right, we need uh, to end this before any more creepy Google searches emerge. <laughs> yes, no more creepy Google searches. So thanks for everyone for tuning Rabbit into hole. the uh, Theology Gaming Podcast. I'm going to do Zachary Oliver's job of closing the show for today. Give this show uh, seven stars on iTunes because everyone else only gives it four or five. Give it seven. Yeah, jerks. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you little, little... People who don't understand the end times. Small so, people. Yeah. <laughs> you give us the ratings or we're not going to take care of you during the end times. Yeah, we're not going to take care of you. We're not going to take care of your parents. It's just going to be some Walking Dead style stuff going on over here. So if you do, Clementine lives. That's all I've got to say. Hey, no. <laughs> you know what I spoiler? say? No, it's I not say spoiler. Revelation twenty two thirteen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. A quote in red, so therefore I think it is attributed to Jesus. <laughs> the end. So there you go. And the beginning. Also, one more thing. <laughs> if you are over six feet tall, give us a five-star rating. If you're under six feet tall, give us a four-star rating. <laughs> because that's the way it should work. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does. All right, I don't take, question I my take, logic, Ted. I take back what right. I said. Give us, Talk give back. us, give us eleven stars. <laughs> give us eleven <laughs> total. Make three iTunes accounts. Give us two, four, five star ratings, and then one one star. No, no. Okay, that works. All right. <laughs> if you have the time. All right, we need to stop this before dumb. Okay. <laughs> I think we're already. I, th- I think we've been we've been there for a while. Dumb has happened. Dumb <laughs> is happening now. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, you guys have a great morning. Yes. This is the it's end of the end times podcast. Everyone. Ah, yeah. See you.